Hi guys, it's me, Tarusha. Just a quick note about our sponsors, SCRBS, Scrubs, because they put you in Scrubs. <laughs> you can give them a follow on Twitter, so at SCRBS underscore UK. They're comfort-driven scrubs and they're designed by UK medical professionals. They're an excellent group of people, really just passionate about developing scrubs that are practical, durable, comfortable to wear, and they look really good too. And we're really proud to be associated with them. You can use our promo code to get 10% off. So that's two medics, T-W-O-M-E-D-I-C-S-10 at their checkout to get a 10% discount on the comfier scrubs that you'll buy. They do look really, really good, guys. So definitely do give them a check. Look, you won't regret it. You know, like for too long, we've just been putting up with scratchy, ill-fitting scrubs. So get a treat for yourselves. Do give it a strong consider. All right, guys, here's the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Medics podcast. My name is Thrushikan Wardner. I'm a cardiology registrar, still subspecializing in coronary intervention. And <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself? I was going to say that's a bit late if you changed your mind. I know. Now, like what, a year from CCT or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yes, I'm Beth and John, and I'm a GP trainee, ex neurosurgery trainee. But Thank yeah, it's good to be back. We were kind of just talking beforehand about how this is this is probably going to be the regular setup. And I'm pretty excited. I mean, obviously me and Imran go back a long yeah. way, but I'm pretty excited about this. Like, yeah, uh, I'm like, it's it's nice because it's like, it's always something that it's quite good to do. It gives, I don't know what it is, but it just gives you authority to talk about stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah. that, that I wouldn't, I guess that it's a very niche kind of type of person and group of people kind of understand it, isn't it? But yeah, I've always enjoyed doing it. So yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, so obviously a little while since Imran and I last recorded, so we've got some topics that are a little older. I mean, not super old. In the in the land of Twitter, it kind of seems to... Things move fast, don't yeah, they, right? so fast. But uh, yeah, and that reassures me in a way, because I think, like, gosh forbid, if I ever became, like, some sort of, oh, I hate the term, main character, <laughs> then I'd hope I'd be forgotten about within, like, 48, 72 hours. Well, that's of the how thing. fast things go. Yeah, right? Because, yeah. you know, like, this tweet that kind of we're going to talk about first, that's from June. I was like, that was from ages ago. And I'm like, that's from Isn't the end it? of June. Yeah, right. it's strange. Like, yeah. what, just five weeks? Yeah. Do you not think Weird. you're a main character, though? You're not a main character? No, as in, like, you know, I don't, I don't know what the phrase is, but, you know, when people suddenly become like the talking point yeah, yeah for yeah, things right. that you like you've maybe made a bit of a boo-boo or something and then Does... um i quite like not yeah if that was ever the case again or in the future then i could just be forgotten about quite quickly i've got to say it's kind of annoyed me a bit that main character has gone from that original meaning which i quite liked yeah to now yeah, yeah. like something else and yeah because like people use it almost I, i'm not like not naming any like accounts but yeah people use it as like an insult in a way and it's like you just get labeled that for just talking and yeah yeah it, and if it, like you say it goes along with the whole virtue signaling thing and i know johnny gookians had a lot of that flack aimed towards him and it's like what so you just get called these names just because you're yeah trying to actually make sense of like what's going on I don't know it's a bit weird it's so weird isn't it so before it used to be like the person who was the center of attention essentially but in usually in a bad way or the kind of center of whatever the discussion Mm. was but now it's kind of like someone who what from what I understand anyway it could have changed again but someone who places themselves or sees themselves as the main character in everything and kind of is self-important but I think that's kind of isn't that the way to be like you are the main character of your own story you should be the main character of your own life I guess 
yeah right? god she's going deep now isn't it but yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. isn't it but, kind of yeah. sad if you're not like yeah it is a bit actually because then it's like yeah you need to be the main character of something I guess but I don't know I think sometimes also on on twitter specifically like med twitter that if you're just a person who kind of interacts quite regularly which I feel like probably we both do mm. like I I you know I love it it's a big source of like connection and stuff yeah I I know I've been called like the main character in that sense and it's yeah. it's been in like a negative way yeah. but it's just because like there's certain people that you just contribute not contribute but they just like always chatting or whatever and I just sometimes think I wonder if they mean it in that way and I just think well yeah I am active on Twitter but that's just my choice and probably a bit addicted but I don't see myself as like you know like oh virtue signaling main character attention seeking or whatever else has been like bandied about but it's a weird one because it's yeah but even when you put it that way Sorry. Yeah. No, no, but this is going to say it rec- it's like it ties in recently to like it's happened a few times now and I probably like happened to yourself and stuff as well is where people will like in works or whatever slowly click that they know you from somewhere and they don't oh, know yeah. where. And right. I would never say to someone like, "Oh god, I'm on Twitter." I can imagine <laughs> that. Like yeah, I would yeah. never admit that, but like you know, when I was in my last kind of rotation and someone said about like oh you know what you've you done before and I somehow that new surgery came up and then this right. person just like twigged and was like oh I know you from Twitter and I was like oh no uh, <laughs> and what I think, do you respond when like people say that do you are you literally like oh no I, yeah no literally I'm literally like this really awkward like <laughs> because I generally don't know and then I'm so a few I think a few times I've said oh right that's nice and then uh, yeah I don't really have I need to have a stock phrase not that it happens often but right. when you rotate a lot like you're gonna yeah. come into contact with people aren't you but yeah. I don't know it just it makes you realize that like everything is just out there isn't it and yeah and stuff but yeah I don't know it's weird main character I think it, sometimes I feel like oh that's an insult but I don't quite know why yeah I feel like the there are like people it happens like online don't they where, where like stuff just doesn't mean stuff anymore and yeah. really annoys me because I look really pedantic and you know yeah. like, people just use like random phrases like gaslighting or whatever and then it's yeah. like and you're like that's that's not what it means mm. and you know I, I find it like because I'm so pedantic you know like when someone goes an acute pain and they mean like bad pain but actually yeah and I, I want to yeah. be like, I, the strong the strong energy inside me to be like yeah. actually is like really yeah. it's really tough it's um, yeah because it's like yeah I'm def- definitely feel that and it's it's it sometimes it takes so much effort to just like hold it in right? yeah it's like yeah that's when you get an acute pain is by holding it <laughs> yeah it's true yeah okay so so we should discuss some tweets do you want to do you want to yeah let's um, discuss the main characters yeah yeah, so this one was like you say from back all the way in in june which feels like it was about four years ago yeah Uh, but this was our lovely rosie barua quote tweeting an original thread by did you say i think they were was it a hems or a pre-hospital kind of emergency medicine consultant ali maddock yes Um, they're now consultant in anesthesia ambulance in kss yeah oh that's cool yeah that's Mm. cool and i think that was the whole point isn't it because this this thread from june was really interesting it was trying to like kind of call out a situation and a really horrible situation that this kind of individual was was kind of caught up in and it was related to kind of the smack conference that people were talking about again and which hasn't happened for a few few years and it was the whole point was that 
only now as a consultant did this gentleman kind of feel safe enough to to talk out about these things and it was yeah it's quite it's quite a long thread it is but I feel I feel like we should say yeah like at at the time I didn't even know what SMAC was and I still I still I'm not entirely sure what SMAC stands for but it's something that is in is it in Australia and it's a kind of social media conference media something conference and I think it was like the anesthesia ICM um, ICU type of kind of specialty I think and again I didn't go into a deep dive but I just Hmm. it sounded a little bit predatory and uh, I'm not sure if I saw things you know about like drinking and harassment and Hmm. stuff and as I understood it it no longer kind of goes on but the thread was pretty much kind of sharing messages about someone who was one of the founders of of that conference essentially and how it it looked like bullying behaviour yeah wasn't it and yeah it looked like he'd kind of accused him of being a troll and having like a different account and that was it yeah FOMED wasn't it yeah 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 and he was kind of like oh it was obviously you blah and he kind of like went on to kind of send these messages that kind of suggested that he was going to undermine his career like it's really that that was it and that's the scary thing I think isn't it and that's what only now that that Ali Maddock is a consultant has he been able to kind of share this because it's like well now I know my kind of job or career is safe yeah it's it's that that was definitely the the flavor of yeah. kind of what that guy was trying to do which is it's, it's scary it's scary and sad right that that's I mean I think it's good that he like waited that long I think what tends to happen is is that we we all have these terrible kind of undermining interactions with people and sometimes we simply just don't feel safe at that Mm. time to call it out and then we probably just kind of store it up and it probably you know just bottle it bottle it up and just kind of try and get on and it's it's still harmful and those those kind of effects are hard to kind of really truly describe or even kind of measure but they are harmful and they're diminishing and then people right and then they get to become consultants and I guess maybe they kind of think at that time oh, it's too late, or maybe it's just like water under the bridge. And so yeah. then that behaviour just perpet- continues, doesn't it? Because nobody's... That's it. Because, it, yeah, like you say, time might pass, and then it's just like, oh, well, you know, who's going to remember that, or it's not important yeah. now. But I think and, and the other potential, like I'm quite like I'm quite a, a speak-before-I-think type of person yeah. sometimes, and I can just mm. react quite quickly and quite loudly to situations. And I think that's another worrying thing as well, like if, in that type of situation that I would just kind of like just have a meltdown or, or something whereas this feels like actually that was obviously a very distressing time for this person but it, it it feels like quite well thought out and and I think I hope that's been good for him in terms of like getting mm. that out there because it garnered yeah. like a lot of support didn't it and yeah. and this is what Rosie's kind of quote tweet was saying and that she just said I love Ali's honesty in in invoking the shame that people can feel completely unjustifiably as a result of harassment and, and, and bullying and I think that just that resonates a lot with people because somehow you become the problem even though you're being bullied it's made to yeah. feel like it's all you and you take on that that shame and I think that's why yeah it's it, mm. it, I'm glad like it, the way that kind of this all came out just felt very like the catharsis structured and yeah and I hope kind of 
the, he got the support that he needed. I think. Well, I hope that was that was there essentially. Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because you know that per- the, the the thing that was kind of particularly delicious was that this person Ali didn't hold back like he named mm. that person and you know their their account and stuff which I can Absolutely. see has not not been active since then which is very interesting very telling mm. and the thing is is that you can see if you he helpfully also put links in of like some of the tweets yeah. by this person which was like oh you know they're talking about respect and whatever and yeah, it's just so funny yeah. because you know you get people who talk about the irony of like you know our behavior online and what people talking about how it's important to like not bully and respect and whatever and then you can see that you've got this example of like pure hypocrisy yeah Yeah. it's like two different characters isn't it yeah yeah and we've and we've heard before I think like there's sometimes there's been like veiled tweets where Mm. uh, people will mention that they like so you know whoever seems nice on Twitter they know them in real life or they work them in real life and actually it's been like a massive disconnect which I always find oh my god yeah I live like interesting I live in constant fear that basically anyone who's ever spoken to me during one of my own calls will just like come out and be like yeah actually we've spoken to Thusha once he's on the call and he's an absolute <laughs> arsehole like he's a dick you know, yeah. he's such a dick and I'd be like yeah yeah fair enough I was, if I was on yeah. the call then I probably was a bit of a dick sorry yeah it's yeah that's the thing isn't it like okay, oh, you just need yeah. to you just need to hashtag be kind and then yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so good, know, man. And it's then it's so all cancelled out. It's like a Hail Mary. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's negated. Yeah, okay, so shall we move on to Prof Mamas, who's a cardiologist, which I, well, I feel like I, sh- I should announce him. He is, mate, this guy is ridiculous. Like, he apparently like publishes like a hundred, more than a hundred. I, f- I remember thinking it was like a paper per day, per year. Like, wow. literally, this guy is publishing so much. And he's an international I'm, I'm still I'm still yet to publish my first. Is it? <laughs> Literally. That's, mate, that, I, I know why I laugh, like, as if yeah. I'm, like, some kind of, like, a, academic. No, like, you're uh, probably doing better than, yeah. It's, it's so, but it's so dry. I hate, the thing I hate about it, so work. obviously it sucks. And I think the reason why, like, people hate it, understandably, and the reason why I hate it anyway, I hated academia, was that uh, you have to just redo stuff so many times and yeah, like yeah. how can you yeah like I just couldn't cope with that like you know yeah. you kind of like pour your heart and soul into like writing a paper and then you'd get it back and be covered in like red ink and they'd be like no no you have to completely like redo all this stuff and you'd be like why yeah like there's some sort of like unwritten rule book that you just don't know what it is but then all these guess. viewers will comment yeah! and they, they like, all know exactly what it is yeah, yeah. but you don't know what it is exactly and they'll be like oh yeah, yeah I'm really interested in that thing so why don't you talk about that thing Anyway, so yeah. this guy, he's a master of those dark arts, but that wasn't why he was <laughs> tweeting. Yeah. So he goes, so this was on the 19th of July, and it's by Mamas Mamas. Interestingly, his fellow was named Mohammed Mohammed. Oh, really nice like, yeah, criteria to work in. <laughs> yes. yeah. So tomorrow I'll be supporting the NHS consultant strike. About me, I'm a cardiology consultant professor. Where does he work? U-H-N-N. That's Keele, isn't it? No, North Midlands. University of North Midlands Hospital. Mm. I am from working class background. I went to a state comprehensive. My dad left school at 16, mum at 12. I am the first only member of my family to receive higher education. I received a student grant to go to the University of Oxford. I left medical school with little debt. I could not afford to train as a doctor now. When I qualified, we had no debt, stayed in hospital accommodation for free. This is what, like, a lot of undermining consultants don't mention. Anyway, so it's really kind of supportive that he mentions all these things. He goes, so when I qualified in 2000, we had no debt, stayed in hospital accommodation for free. Junior doctors now leave with hundreds of thousands of pounds of debt. They earn less than what I did 20 years ago. 
They have had a real terms pay cut of 20% over the last 13 years. Many are struggling to afford rent. We are losing unprecedented junior doctors to Australia, Canada, and New Zealand, the industry. I don't think the public understands the magnitude of the problem. I think it was really cool that he kind of talked about pretty much how privileged they were. Because... Oh, yeah, it's just laying it out there, isn't it? It's validating that kind of we had mm. it better, like different, but in some ways better. Yeah. So that was kind of like quite cool. I mean, did you, so were you in the, did you, what was your kind of experience of the consultant strike? Were you in, did it, did it change much where you were? Oh, yeah. So I was actually working in, so on that Friday, because it, it, yeah, it was like the end of the week, wasn't it, running in, it was like, okay, yeah, God, it feels like a lifetime ago. So that was the, my, <laughs> yeah, my last rotation. And I was working in like an assessment area. So I was working in like a, in, gosh this is mad how it exists like a, a gynae specific a and e nice so that was my job so that was that because it was still emergency cover like we have a consultant in the gynae a and e and that's what you know that was still there so that felt quite quite similar so and I think being an obs and gynae there was there wasn't a lot of difference and there was a bit mm. of things so I on one of the consultant days I was on the a and e the consultant strikes was in that guy and then another I was kind of doing the elective section list and that's and it, it was apparently obviously much higher than us but there was some talks you know whether they were classing that as like emergency yeah cover and stuff because they are not things which you can like put off I guess like mm. the baby's got to come out at some point so sure. I think where I was I didn't it didn't feel mm, any different, different at all which was interesting yeah do, do they not go to like so was it not like a bit like Christmas day in that way like the amount of consultants that are around did you notice that did you see any of them picketing outside or? I can't because yeah I didn't even I didn't even leave the hospital that day so I generally mm. like didn't see a soul and was just in like gosh it sounds horrible doesn't it like I didn't see outdoors for the whole day <laughs> but, uh, as far as I as far as I'm aware they, they they were out kind of picketing which is which is cool actually but but yeah so Christmas day cover like if you think about it in obs and gynae there's still going to be obs consultants and yeah, gynae sure. consultants on so working in even on Christmas day in the A&E there's a consultant around to do kind of the, the, the that kind of rounds and stuff so I guess we did have Christmas day cover and it would just felt very from where I was, just felt very similar. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. But I guess that's not necessarily that's not bad, is it? In a way that because you still kind of even though it's you know it was obviously yeah, because all the yeah, but all the I think all the elective you know all the outpatient clinics and all the electives other elective surgeries went down, which is absolutely what should happen, isn't it? So, yeah. but I just think I didn't see any of that because I was in my little. I was going to say my gynae hole, but that sounds like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, better rephrase that one. <laughs> That's not what we call it now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Let's say like what bubble. Gynae bubble. Yeah, gynae so, bubble, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was different. I mean, it was like Christmas Day in a sense that... So they cancelled all the elective lists. And mm. to be fair to them, they were pretty kind of like... So yeah, there, there was obviously emergency emergencies. So there was still primary PCI. And interestingly, on the first day, there were like five STEMIs in a row. It was actually quite busy in that way. Oh, wow, um, yeah. Literally like back to back. And uh, which was in a way kind of good because so like, um, because I got to do them. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was good. It was, you know, uh, but yeah, we saw some of the consultants picketing outside. I think the kind of the vibe was very supportive. They were like, yeah, you know, something needs to happen. Because I think people recognise, although people also recognise that this gov- we've got like a truly malignant government mm. and that it's very 
having any sort of dialogue with them is an absolute challenge, isn't it? It's just met yeah. with just kind of smoke screens and kind of just a nonsense, really. And so there is this, there is a sl- certain despondency to it because it's a bit like, yeah. oh God, you know. But at the same time, I think there was, there is kind of, there was a commitment to kind of doing it. And yeah, so yeah, they cancelled. Most of them, pretty much 95% of the consultants cancelled their work they still there was this kind of argument i saw about whether chest pain clinics rapid access chest pain clinics should be seen as emergencies or not and in the end they ended up running but i remember interestingly because i put it on twitter actually and the gps were like we you know is an emergency but you wouldn't have a chest you you wouldn't have a rapid access clinic on christmas on Christmas day, day exactly or, or any exactly. bank holiday wow yeah. wow that's yeah. yeah so interesting a lot of the consultants were like it's not an emergency clinic but when i put it on twitter and i asked like gps are like well, it is important the waits are too long at the moment some of them are too long you know but then so... this is the whole it disruptions the whole point isn't it yes so exactly it's like, yeah and, and it's i know it comes down to like patients safety and stuff but at the end of the day it's an outpatient clinic it is and, and if you if and, kind yeah. of and if people are going to talk about patient safety well the evidence doesn't really support it for stable and well but, there you go but there yeah you go. there you go but yeah like i think in all it was like pretty supportive there was there were without wanting to be too specific there was like a consultant who insisted on running their clinic and mm. perhaps wanted a registrar also in their clinic which was kind of that perhaps could be seen as you know encouraging yeah. someone to also cross the picket line with them yeah but yeah absolutely maybe not say too much about that but I think the I think one one of the imp- important things about this and I think I kind of realizing as I go on is that striking kind of means different things to different people and mm-hmm. solidarity means kind of we have a majority and that's and the only way that you're going to get people to kind of continue to work together and support continuing to strike and stuff is by winning over hearts and minds and you're not going to get that by like shaming people for the decisions they make like you're not going to shame your colleagues into absolutely and I think that's it isn't it like there are reasons and whether we agree with those reasons or not still don't be a dick at the end of the day (laughs) There's, there's no there's no role for name calling and and you can be unhappy with someone's decision, but you're not in their shoes to yeah. to make that. And we've seen a lot of me about like financial implications and stuff, and that's very real because like yeah. I can't, you know, I was just saying to you earlier, like there's a there's a threshold of days I can literally afford to strike per month, and once the strikes go over that per month, I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage. And then it's yeah. like, what happens from there? And and I've seen people's arguments saying, well. Yes, there are some people still going to work, but at the end of the day, the elective activity is being cancelled, the outpatient clinics are being cancelled. There is still disruption, isn't there? Which is mm-hmm. obviously one of the big factors, but yeah, so that, that's it. Yeah, I agree. Like, and I think like we have to rather than just getting annoyed at people, I think mm. we have to kind of like be more strategic because this is totally. this is how the Tories work. Like, it's going to be a divide and conquer thing, and they think they can yeah. wait wait this out. And what we need to do is be more as facilitative as possible and like help. And you know, people just going, "Oh yeah, there's a strike fund or whatever." Isn't I think? Yeah, I think the BMA have been quite, yeah. yeah, right. I think the BMA yeah. have been quite good about the timing of them. So like this one being over a weekend, you know, that's smart. Yeah, cool. totally. And, because if you're not working that weekend, then already isn't it? It's like it's taking some of the weight off but it's still causing issues which is which is the whole like kind of point yeah and that has to be said like the bma have been 
really, really good, haven't they? I think they've oh, gosh, played yeah. quite a good game. They've done. Yeah. It, feels, it feels very different to 2016. Like, obviously, we were both around in those strikes then as mm. well. And they there does seem to be like a bigger like fire in people's bellies and yeah. like a appetite for things. But you're right, oh. like that's it. It's, it's, we can't get that like dividing and arguing amongst us because that just plays into yeah. yeah. So like, I wonder what they're saying on Twitter in 2016. <laughs> Good <laughs> point, actually. Kind of yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. And ons there and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who who were the equivalents back then? Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Should we that go was on to? I mean, should we go on? I mean, because we've kind of touched upon it, right? Like, so there was a tweet. I mean, Matt, Matthew Evans has gone on to kind of apologise, which is, you know, really big of him. And you could, I mean, he's obviously like a nice guy and stuff. And he was talking about his fe- his feelings. So the tweet's been, the initial tweet's been deleted. So I don't want to kind of like drop him in it too much if that's not what he said. But in his apology, he said, I tweeted about my feelings on crossing picket lines yesterday. I made a lot of assumptions about people's circumstances and reference colleagues in a disrespectful way, which I regret. Thanks for those who took the time to respond. It's given me much to think about. And not just him. I mean, there have been kind of tweets from other people who've talked about, they've used the word scabs and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. It's. I just think like yeah, I went like went sorry, just banged my wrist on the, the, the <laughs> <obviously feel> <laughs> knocking knock, knocking things over. But yeah, it's just like the things like the whole scab thing takes me back to like I know it's a generic term, but it takes me back to like the miners' strike. That's exactly and, isn't it? Do you think it's, it's kind of like a bit ironic, like as if they yeah, think they're like the miners? And I'm like, it's, so a, bit it's a very different situation. It's yeah. and that and that's what I think because some people have just. Oh gosh, like forgive me for saying this, and I don't mean to sound like an absolute bitch, but I feel like <laughs> the striking stuff has become some people's personality oh, in a way. Yeah, like it, yeah, they've be, that's all they've become about, and yeah. and and I think it's good to have that passion for this and to to make changes. But that whole kind of single focus thing, I don't know how helpful that is. And and then like I say, when it goes into like scab territory and literally insulting and offending and harassing people for doing what they need to do to get by i don't know i just think we're not the minor strike in the 80s anymore like this is a very different situation yeah. i don't know no no like i i, I just, yeah you're right I, th- I think it's definitely like a bit cringe like i, I remember seeing like one person who's like do what you want lad take issue mm. like I, I don't know it's just like really weird like crying about it on here looking for an online cuddle won't change that like what was, yeah online like some daily mail such a weird phrase like, wasn't it to use yeah, yeah. yeah like, like yeah i don't know what it was but i just got like an image of like some sort of like i don't know i just felt like that was some i Someone was saying that to me if I was like drunk on the strip in Benidorm or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do me a favour. Do yeah, me a favour. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was just very you want, like, I was like, yeah, there's no need for like these are your colleagues or your equals or your peers or whatever. Like yeah. just if you don't agree with it, just like just let it go. Yeah. And he's like crying online. And then what what is it that you're doing then? Like exactly you like responding to this person. Yeah, don't cry online. Like, what, yeah. what, are you, what is your what is your tweet reply? The equivalent of, yeah, there's no like, need for that. I think, I think Bella wrote a really good tweet this week. I think I've not dreamt it. I think it was a thing, but <laughs> something to do with like, yeah, like you know, you don't if you've not got maybe something helpful to say, you don't have to reply to that yeah. person's oh, tweet. Oh, yeah, like, she did say that. I saw that. Like it's something like you know, I'm thinking like, what does what is this like guy that adding to this conversation apart from making the initial person who was 
giving very valid reasons of you know what they, why they've had to do what they've had to do i'm like what so what have you added to this apart yeah. from just being malicious yeah yeah just telling him to shut up essentially isn't it yeah I don't know. It's like, no, you shut up. No, you yeah, shut yeah. up. <laughs> no, you shut but up. I get I feel like what happens is like these people who they're just showing their asses because they basically just show that they just can't empathize. They can't they're in such no, a privileged position. Yeah. They can't partic- they can't put themselves in that in the shoes of the person who is struggling because there are yeah. people who are like, you know, in you know, have got kit- mortgages to pay, children yeah. to provide for, whatever, debts to pay, like and like I have to say like at the beginning like I remember feeling very black and white about things and then like I saw a colleague who was working on some of the strike days and I was like well, you know, what, are they, what are they about what are they about and then like realizing what their situation was I mean feeling like an utter like dickhead and being like mm. actually you know what these are so at the same and like and then they're like oh you know the people who cross the uh, picket line they shouldn't get the pay rises and I'm like what are you talking about solidarity and stuff can you Literally. imagine it being some sort of like register yeah like, exactly uh, like uh, like or to say like what days did you work and yeah. it's uh, I just think like since when is that what we're that's what we're about. fighting yeah. for but no, you like, and and people do have their reasons, and and you're right, like it's it's not black and white, and we don't we don't have the right to know what people's reasons are, or I I don't think we do have the right to know, but we just have to appreciate that there can be reasons, mm. and if they don't apply to you, then that's great, like knock yourself out, do what you need to do, but just appreciate that that you, that's not everyone's situation, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a very interesting subject for me. I like being um, on that so far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, I, I feel like as time goes on, you know, we were saying before, weren't we? Like, it will get, it might get harder for us. And I think I feel like these people are going to get a bit of a shock when they realise, like, you know, how dif- you know, how difficult it might get. Well, the, um, yeah. yeah oh, the, the ironic thing is, was was it yesterday that they announced that the strikes have cost more than what it would have actually been what it would have actually cost to give us pay restoration. So that no. was estimated at around 1 billion. And that's what the strikes have cost the NHS and the government now. That's so, amazing, isn't it? So already now, like just having come to the table and negotiated would have would have Calm literally been in the favour. It would have cost less than... And and that's the thing. And it that's how you know that it's just become a game. It's like spite mm. now, isn't it? It's nothing to do with actually any respect for the yeah. profession or you know whoever's striking but yeah no, it's it just and I think that's yeah that I, I've read that yesterday point. that yeah. it's kind of cost more the strikes have cost more than what we've actually kind of requested mm. so like you say who knows how far this is gonna this no. is gonna go now just stay strong and so for people listening there is still time to post your ballot I think you've still got I was about, just gonna say yeah 31st yeah. of August I think is the deadline is that yeah. right so I think if, um, to, to make sure that you get it there on time I think you should try and post it by the 23rd i think they were saying so yeah or just do it this weekend yeah do it this weekend weekend. guys so you know 12 days left please 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 like make sure you kind of exercise your right to vote and and that's it yeah and and that's it because if you vote no then that's obviously fine but if you are on the fence and don't post a ballot i think that also counts as like a negative vote doesn't it so yeah so I think it's that's, really important. That's why you need to get them back. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, I personally believe like that's the that's the only real negotiate the tactic that we have. And so I, mm. I definitely am firmly in support of striking further because I, I, I just yeah. Think, yeah. 
So there's a tweet from Mehul that said, consultants who bought their properties 10 years ago, if you couldn't afford to buy your current property at its current valuation, at the current comparable salary you'd have now, you should probably be striking. There is no way I could afford my current flat for the price I just sold it for, which with the registrar salary I had. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's an important point. And, um, again, and again, that's just acknowledging that actually things were different, isn't it, then? And like, yeah. again, it's just another reason for like, it just shows we're not, it's not all about the pay rise. It's, it's about this comparison, isn't it? Like we are not worth less. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So next, there's a, t- I mean, on, I guess we're kind of moving on to stuff that's kind of annoying. I think we're going to, there are a few kind of annoying things here, aren't there really? There's a tweet from Ollie Sims. Do you want to, do you want to do that one? Yes. So, so this, what are we on now? So this is like the 11th of August or will it be the 13th of August when it goes out? Yeah, no, yeah. 14th of August when it goes out. I don't know yeah. what day I'm on. But yeah, so we've just, we kept going through that kind of new doctor starting, doctor changeover yeah. kind of period. And Ollie Sims tweeted a screenshot of an email he had received and he said, this is not acceptable. This is not an acceptable email to send to a trainee with a week to go before changeover. And essentially this, oh God, this would have made my, I would have felt, I would, I would be sick with this kind of email. Yeah. So the email reads, after a meeting with our trainee this morning, I have been advised that you will not be joining us for this placement. We believe that this was arranged in error and medical education will be in contact with you. Sorry for the confusion. And I hope <laughs> this is rectified for you promptly. Yeah. A week before you're due to rotate and start on a job. You and he was a knight. He was a knight yeah. as well. You know. Yeah, so he wasn't even literally awake to do all this chasing around. That's not even his responsibility to do it anyway. But a week before you start your job, you get told, oh, actually, there's a mistake. You're not working for us. I'll take the four months off then. That's fine. Just get back to me in December when we rotate next and I'll I'll join (laughs) you then. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Isn't it fun? The thing is, though, isn't one of the things that's kind of kind of annoying about it is the fact that it's not that surprising that this kind of thing oh happens. totally yeah this um, time and time again like I feel like whatever they throw at us now I just cannot be like surprised that it's mm-hmm. training can totally be a shit show it always it has been and it always will be I think what one of them a bit so that one of the great things I found about Twitter though is this is that I'll find some I'll like you know see something like that and I'm like that's really annoying but then like in the replies you always see other shit that's kind of also annoying so like mm. you know someone else has pointed out that they've called you Oliver by your first name and really you know if they're going to give you shitty news like that they should kind of use your address you know, yeah you know, like, adjust yeah pro- properly and like someone else has pointed out they ended up with kind regards and how kind regards <laughs> That, that made me chuckle because it's yeah. the most unkind of unkindest of regards ever, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And there was another reply that you mentioned that was quite funny. Did you want to say that one? Oh yes, there was one. I seem to have lost it now, but it said, "Oh, oh. This, yeah, it is." So yeah. it was addressing someone, and they just said, "Remember in F two when they forgot to allocate you a job, and you had to ring around hospitals in your deanery and find yourself <laughs> <laughs> just find yourself a job." Like, isn't that? Is this? So that's not imagine a surprise, like, though, Yeah, it? no, it's not, that's that's exactly it. Like, imagine you're on your last rotation in F one, and you think, "Oh gosh, I'm nearly, I'm nearly done F one." Yeah, and then you're like, "Shit, I've actually got to ring every hospital in the locality." <laughs> yeah. Please, do you yeah. have a do you have a space for me, please, sir? Yeah, and like, and and how that suddenly becomes your responsibility when it's they a mess, like it's they a cock up. Yeah, it is so weird. Like, but yeah, that was I just please, like you. You've got to laugh because of how bad it is, haven't yeah, you? Totally like, it, right. yeah. Can I do your wardrobe, please, sir? 
Oh, he goes, he goes found, <laughs> found job in my hospital, okay by deanery. Then a week before they called and told me it wasn't yeah. suitable, too much general surgery time across the FYs. So they moved me to a hospital miles away from my house to do general surgery. Oh, <laughs> sake. There's uh, a lot of thinking involved in there, yeah, isn't it? A lot of thinking. Anyway, so that was good. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that. <laughs> I think Ollie like did do an update to say that it had got sorted out and stuff. Oh, uh, I suspect like part of it is because it got such a response on Twitter and he tagged a few people. I'm sure. I know that there's like probably... if it makes things happen, like yeah. yeah. There, I think there are times where we've seen people like literally docs certain yeah. staff members in certain trusts. And I don't know what that achieves. Yeah. But for things like this, where it's like certain deaneries or localities or, or trusts involved, yeah, go for it. Because if if the heat is on and they don't want that negative press, then if that works in your favour, do it. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think, I, yeah, I think so too. I think I have like, you know, the counterpoint, I think, is that perhaps people come to Twitter a little bit early before they've kind of contacted yeah, anyone. I agree. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I have to say that, yeah, like I think though, is it? I think the fact that people do is because like the 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 kind of bar is so it's the kind of expectation that you're going to be met with ab- abject. What's the word like? Just kind of complete. The, there is just kind of like computer says no thing. Like, yeah. Throughout, so right? we all, and we've all experienced that, haven't we? Like we know that you go to someone with a problem and it's either made out that you're the issue. Yeah. yeah, or, yeah, yeah you're responding you're overreacting or whatever and it just gets brushed away and then I think it can be again what we were saying about Twitter it can be incredibly validating when you realize other people have gone through it as well but no you're absolutely right there are processes processes in place for a reason yeah and at least like follow those first before you know but if that fails then yeah take take it public or take it further yeah but no I, I, I agree definitely so like I'm moving trust and I sent my occupational. You know this is really good for me. Like this oh, is still like yeah. a month before yeah. I move. So so obviously so my changeover date is the fifth of September. I sent my documents like about two weeks ago. Um, good man, yeah, spot on, yeah. right? Yeah. I know. How do you? How do you? Yeah. Yeah, really productive day, yeah. but you know, I fucked it up because basically I mentioned that my mum had TV when she was literally like ten years old. My mum had TV. So before you were born, then. Yeah. yeah. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> literally years before you she, were even Bethan, born. She was ten. Okay. <laughs> That was, that was oh, like, you young. <laughs> um, and so then I get this email from occupational health being like, Oh, like, you absolutely, you have not been clinically cleared, you need to come in for a TB blood test. And I remember seeing it, and I, I was doing something at the time, and I remember thinking, That's annoying. And then thinking, I'm just this is a problem for future Therusha. Current Therusha cannot deal yeah, with how annoying yeah. this is because I know exactly that's the reason for it. My mom had it, you yeah. know, fucking 20 years before I'm born or whatever. Yeah, like, what the yeah. hell? And and I've always and anyway, then I get this email from HR being like, You've not been clinically cleared, you need to like respond to occupational therapy, you know, thing. And occupational um, therapy. <laughs> Is that what it is? No, it's not. It's like, okay, no, it's like facial health, isn't it? But I, I just like how you need OT on board as well. <laughs> yeah, the stairs. A cognitive health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and stairs assessment. Anyway, so yeah. like, and it's just the sheer like computer says no st- like style yeah. of it because I put it onto it and people are like, 
yeah, you know, my my dad had a TV when I was a kid, and I've not I've not been asked those questions. I'm like, what's the difference between you and I, Tom? Hey, Tom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Thomas and Craig. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You are okay, but I'm not anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I've got that to look for. I think the real reason that I'm angry is because it means I need to have another blood test, and I don't like it. Oh, it's just something else to organise, though, isn't yeah, it? Like, true. yeah, I remember when when I took time out of programming neurosurgery to do like research and stuff. I I literally was lit- doing my research and my fellowship in the exact same place where I had worked for five oh. years as a neurosurgery trainee, with a difference being that I was employed by a lead employer as a trainee, but okay. now the hospital were like employing me directly for my fellowship. So I literally was thought that I would finish my you know, on the Tuesday, as you do at the end of the year, and then start a fellowship the next day. But then they were like, no, we need to do all your ID checks and everything. And And I was like, no, but I've been working on site for like five or six years. Like, I'm not new. And they were like, well, you're new to me. And I was just like, literally, they stopped. I had to wait at home unpaid for like three weeks before they deemed that I was, and I was just like, that's, and yeah, there is. I'm very so obtuse, like, procrastinating, but I just was like, more fool me for thinking I would just carry on working in the yeah, place I've yeah, worked yeah. for five or six years. That just makes far too much sense, doesn't it? I just kind of wonder, Probably. though, like if it happens in other spheres, because I was thinking about it. Because, um, like, yeah, I wonder. Do you, do you like? Do you reckon in other? You know, I'd be interested to know from other people. Like, you know, when you get your salary. Do you, like, we get told our salary in such a weird way. Like, you know, I, I got this kind of thing that was like, oh, you know, this is what your rotor looks like. You know, the kind of skeleton rotor. The, schedule, like, the work schedule, isn't schedule, it? Kind of and they're like, yeah. and then this is your basic pay. And then they don't really tell you a banding. And it's just like really weird. Like, and so then mm. I was trying to like put it into a calculator and it's like, are you one in three, one in four, like whatever. And it's because it's so obtuse. You're like, wouldn't it be easier to just tell me how much I'm being paid? yeah exactly it yeah and that's what I just there's all these things and I just think I I just feel like no this wouldn't happen in other Mm. fields or other spheres and I I always get confused because because I've had an element of pay protection going from neurosurgery to to GP I still get like my base wage on my work schedule and I'm just like well that's not what actually I should be getting paid because of whatever Mm. and then they just go well oh that's not a matter for us and I'm just, well, that, you're, you're telling pay- me what I'm being paid. And then I literally just every month, it's like a surprise whether I've actually got <laughs> my pay protection or not. And it's like, that's, oh, for God's sake. just so like, like you say, just tell me what I'm getting like per annum. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah, totally. Any other job would do that. Yeah, exactly. I remember like, so I went to Lily's school once and I was kind of giving a talk. And one of the teachers asked me like, outright, like how much you get paid? And I remember <laughs> being like, I'm not actually 100% sure. Yeah. Because I'm not like, I was, like because I think I yeah. just changed over. And I was like, I don't really know because you're like banded. And I remember she was looking at me like I was being evasive. And I'm like, seriously, yeah. like I don't know. I, don't know, I just understand. don't know. Yeah. And even if you look at our pay yeah. slips, it's really weird, isn't it? Like basic pay. Oh and yeah, the, like, like I couldn't thing. tell you like what these abbreviations and stuff mean on the pay slip. Yeah. And I just think I hate how financially like illiterate Illicious. I am in that in in that sense because it's yeah. just, it's so important. Yeah. But I remember an F one. I went through, which is surprising for me because I'm like so procrastinating. It's unbelievable, but. But what I do spend time on is things that are really not important to me. So, for example, <laughs> this time I was an ortho F1 with another guy. And obviously we had the same banding. So we were getting mm. paid the same amount each month. But we were on the same rotor, but completely different Pace slots. Oh, right. And when we averaged it out overall, I think 
I had done like so many more hours than he had done just because of where we slotted on the rotor. Right. And I, I think I had done like an extra set of four nights plus an extra weekend and a couple oh, of extra really? long days. And then I was like, but how do you get paid the same with me? And he was like, I don't know. Like, but it's just, that just makes no sense to me. Yeah, yeah, totally. Whatsoever. And it's like, oh, well, that's just how the rotor works. Yeah. I remember like as a kind of, usually the natural kind of end point of these kind of like general conversations are, oh, like I wish we'd been taught more about like what our kind of contract meant at at uni. And then I'm like, would I have gone to those lectures? I'm like, probably not. Can it not just be... Why I just don't understand why it can't be yeah. easier than this. Like, Look, I, I didn't. I was going to say I didn't go to lectures that probably should have taught me. <laughs> yeah. But so, like, there's the no chance ones. I would have gone to a lecture that said yeah. pensions explained at the age of eighteen and thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, whatever. Definitely but you know, we live and learn, yeah. and we grow up, and yeah. Yeah, yeah we grow up. I'd go up. to them Absolutely. now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's good. There you go. That's yeah. great. So Millie did a tweet. She said, "So there was a sign." Oh, yeah. So she goes. So this was this is a tweet on the twenty third of July. And it says, is this a break though? And the email says, when taking breaks, the nursing staff in charge within your area should be able to contact you for queries about your patients. Mm. Now, is that right? Well, because she then followed up and said, the other part of the email said that this means that if you are going to the canteen, you should inform the nurses. And it's like, I don't don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's right because, so I, so recent, funnily enough, actually, I had a bit of a debate with someone who I was working with, who was not a doctor on, a, on an assessment unit in my last rotation, mm. uh, who were doing long days and, and their break allocation was like an hour. And on that hour, they were in the break room and someone else was taking over their patients and you couldn't contact them or whatever. Fine. That's fine by me. You're on your break. But then when I said I was, I'm just going to nip for a break and they just said, well, where are you going? And I was like, there's nowhere else I can go. Like, I'm just, I'm going downstairs. Yeah. And they were like, oh, well, for how long? Like, when will, when will you be back? And then what, what's what's your phone number and stuff? Oh, God. And then I just said, oh, I said, oh, I literally, I'm just going down. Like, if, if there's an emergency, like, I've got a bleep. This is the bleep or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then I just said, like, how is that fair? Hmm. And they just said, oh, you get paid for your breaks and, and we don't. Like, and I was so like, I'm not sure that's the reason yeah, for life. Like, for this. You don't yeah. get to be a dick for that reason. So, like, there's yeah. a nice response from Rebecca Akers, who's the chair of the BMA in East Midlands, mm-hmm. and she's a member of the BMA Council, who says, there's an awful lot of chat here about how doc- because doctors' breaks are paid, that it's fair game to disturb them. This is rubbish. Yeah. You're paid to be resting, not working for 30 minutes in every five hours or an hour in every nine hours. So... And I have to say, like, it's a, it's kind of a bit out of order, especially like a nursing that because their breaks are very well, 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 from what I've seen anyway, they are they're quite protected. You're not supposed. To, um... Yeah, that's what that's always been my personal experience as well. Yeah. Like, if I've needed to ask One someone break. something during that time, it's very much they're on their break. No, yeah. and then you just either wait or you just figure it out. Yeah. But no, it's a good point, and I just think. I don't know, there's just a lot of like inherent nature, I think, especially amongst doctors, that we don't get that privilege and stuff. But it probably is about time where, you know, like I think that's what I like quite a lot about like kind of the newer doctors coming through now and stuff. It's like, you know your rights kind of mm. thing. And Absolutely. not so much rights, but like, you know, and, and I think as well, like the way things are at the moment, just in the world in general, if you, 
you know, it's obviously it's very reductionist, but if you make a mistake or something and then there's an argument that, you know, you didn't take breaks or whatever, then yeah. that would That's be on you, you wouldn't it? it? Yeah. yeah exactly. There's no one going to be backing you up for that. So. No, they're not going to be like, I called them whilst they're on their break. Like, nobody's going to, they're yeah, all just going to yeah. be like chilling, aren't they? So, yeah. Mm. Uh, there you go. That was a kind of frustrating one. And I, yeah, I think it's just like, the problem is, is that that kind of whole culture there of kind of saying, oh, like the whole thing, like you're paid to be on your breaks, like you're paid for this, you're paid for that. And I think the thing is, is that it all kind of feeds into the, the amount of anger that everyone has about the kind mm. of, you know, paid restoration and stuff is that, you know, it's kind of like, there's this kind of implication that everything's kind of okay. It's okay for people to have been treated in this way because of the pay. And it's not good. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's like, that oh, might have been yeah. fine to like, <laughs> like when yeah, the pay yeah. was good. But it's not yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's not now. No, there's nothing that makes up for that. Yeah, nothing yeah. that makes up for that. So we're going to talk about changeover as well, weren't we? Because there's been mm. like, this is kind of the time of year where you kind of get those kind of tweets where people reflect humbly on their time as an F1 <laughs> and the, like, the kind of wisdom that they can pass on to the the kind of doctors who are kind of who have started now, haven't they? Started yeah, that's it, last week. Um, yeah. And there have been, there've been some good ones, haven't there? I mean, there have been some... Less yeah. good ones. So I think I think I did a good one. Mine was because uh, <laughs> I ne- I never remember how to spell amitriptyline. Like right. every time it's different. Right. And then I heard somewhere that if you just and I always have to do it in like a Geordie accent. I think okay. of Anton Jack from like you can't <laughs> see man from the biker grove days. <laughs> right. Uh, so think of like I I Y I and that's oh. the order of the I and I. Like I am an amitriptyline spelling goddess. That's amazing. So I didn't. It's gonna know change that. your life, but I'll give you that one for free. Yeah, that's a um, good one. I like but it. But no, you're right. There's like, I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? Because I think, like, what you might have found, not you personally, but in general, like, what you might have found helpful to you, you can't necessarily impose that on other people and say, well, this is what you need to do, and that's going to help you because actually things are like very different for everyone and what rotation and where you're working and what type of hospital and stuff. But I think a step on from that as well is when quite, I guess, junior colleagues per se are are very so sure in what, yeah, yeah, they're kind of right. And, and, you know, tips and threads that they might share that they've written themselves that with maybe the benefit of more experience and stuff, you actually see that maybe those things are not, quite as clear cut and as quite as correct as as you think they are and I think that's where we really fall into this gray area where you have to be obviously I don't want to name any names and and kind of dunk on this person or whatever but I think you have to be quite careful when you're talking about very medical and clinical and factual things Mm. and you're you're very much kind of I sound horrible now but you're not a specialist and you know we're very much kind of you know junior trainee or whatever there's a you have to be careful not to stray into potentially telling someone incorrect stuff information that could actually be quite like yeah oh totally i think we we have to yeah offer advice if it's asked for and things um you're right isn't there there's like a limit there's a there is guidance to how we kind of behave online and part of that is about giving out medical advice that's why there's there are Mm. people who have those kind of weird things in their bios about tweets yeah but um yeah yeah. i think the the telling thing about it is is that when you get people who are genuinely like out there to because they think look this is what i found helpful i wish i'd have known this like when i'd started and you get other people who are like 
just about the follower count or whatever. Yeah. And I feel That's like the, the when you get some when you put something out there that isn't so great and you get some feedback and they're like, this isn't quite right. Actually, you should probably change this. And then their response is either complete silence or just to ignore them or whatever. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, you're kind of that's that's a tell, isn't it? Totally, because the, the 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 right thing to do ultimately is, you know, it's that insight, isn't wrong. it? When it's like, oh, actually, I'm learning also now here, and you reflect on that and you make a correction or whatever. But just to kind of, when more experienced you know people in this or a specific area are telling you actually that's not what you should do Hmm. and you just ignore that and it's like oh well actually I think it is as an F2 so there you go (laughs) yeah exactly I mean there's a whole thing isn't it about F2 syndrome I think kind of like once you finish F1 you're kind of a bit like I've got this you know because like at the start of F1 you're like oh yeah Yeah, and you're like I've got this actually and then there is that whole kind of over like you know you're kind of quite early on that just going up that Dunning-Kruger curve aren't you where you're starting to think oh actually and the thing is is that at that point like thinking back like I just don't you just don't know what you don't know and so you think you know so much right totally and and, and reflecting back now I realize like what I did know was patterns but it was also things about like logistics so I, I worked in the same hospital for F1 and F2. Hmm. So for me, F2, I'd learned all those processes of how to get someone here or how to get someone a scan or to hmm. be reviewed by whatever specialty. So I think sometimes to me that might have been thought of. I was like, oh, I've got this extra knowledge now. But it wasn't yeah. so much that. It was like either I could just get done what needs to be done or it was just this like pattern recognition. And that's not hmm. a bad thing, I don't think. No. But you have to recognise that that's still quite a limited yeah, scope yeah. of what you can offer, and you're still very much new, yeah. uh, and that's not to kind of you know, like kind of shit on anyone's parade and stuff. But yeah, totally. there's a whole lot of you know, even as and um, it's ten years this year that I qualified and started F1. Lord knows I've got a lot to like. Do you know what I mean Sorry, I'm in yeah. GP? You know I've got to learn everything, and I and I'm still very much not you know I know that but you know talk about neuro and stuff and I will be like yeah I do know a lot more about that but come to something GI like I'm still very much like oh that's you know I've got a limited scope but I think it's worrying sometimes when there are much more kind of new fresher junior colleagues who maybe don't have that insight potentially Hmm. I mean that was that whole I mean probably shouldn't talk about it so much because it was so kind of ended up being quite toxic but there was you know that case of the PA and, oh, gosh, and then yeah. that poor woman who had like a PE and then PE, yeah. there are people who are talking about like barn door like PE diagnoses and they're talking about with such confidence and I think I just remember thinking about the number of times that I'd been in like M&Ms and mm. or like you know where you'd, where you'd seen like missed PEs and mm-hmm. just thinking like even though that situation in particular that particular case is awful yeah uh, is awful and there's lots of things I think about that that are difficult to justify. The amount of confidence and hubris that was coming out of that though—that was, was yeah, next level. That was the thing. Like, oh, God. So we know we as I said, we know very limited details about that. You know, I think at the end of the day, you weren't in that consultation, so you cannot say hand on heart that you would have just oh, I would have recognised that from a mile off. It's like yeah, when some of the details are written down in black and white after the fact it might seem different to you or it might seem more obvious to you, but you weren't there. And you think about like when you're on like these, you know, there's like SDEC shifts or those emergency ambulatory care shifts and stuff and the volume of people 
that you just see with chest pain, leg pain constantly. And everyone gets a scan. There's not one person who you would look at and say, oh, they've got a PEM starting treatment now. Like you, you just, everyone just gets a scan because you can never be sure. Yeah. I mean, that scenario, I mean, for people who hadn't kind of followed it, it was in GP, wasn't it? And so a patient, like a a woman in her 40s had seen a GP twice. And I think peculiarly, they'd kind of been given propanolol. I don't really know what the rationale was for that was. Mm. And I'm not sure about the level of discussion that happened with the kind of supervising GP. And it was just a complete mess. But I think one of the... Oh, no, it was a PA that they saw, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, I, I meant more yeah. that as in whether the PA had presented the case to GPSC yeah. and discussed yeah, it yeah. after. But yeah, the amount of conversation about that, it just kind of seemed to just really escalate. But I guess that's what yeah. kind of certain single issue account, like accounts and people well, just seem to exactly focus on. Well, that's exactly it, isn't it? Yeah, um, it becomes a whole personality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I just love that phrase now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's true though, isn't it? There are just some people you're like, come on, do you have anything else to like talk about? Like what yeah, you know, like if you're yeah. at home with like I don't know, your friends, is that like people like It's just that yeah, they don't even know what you're talking yeah, about. Talking about like, all, I'm trying yeah. to watch the football here, man. Like, what, on about? About. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I dunno, I think that sometimes shows people's limited whether it's expertise or knowledge yeah, or or what I just think or by banging not banging on, but by labouring on a point that is literally just a single issue point yeah. and you've really got nothing else to offer beyond that yeah. i don't know just think you should have a bit of a hard look at yourself absolutely so the 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 next tweet do you want to read that the one from matt thomas about pulling the emergency alarm yeah so this slide just struck a, i don't know why i got a bit angsty about this one but there was a, it's a tweet from august the 1st and whilst i appreciate the sentiment the language put me off so the tweet said, pulling the emergency alarm feels like failing, but there is no substitute for 10 of your amazing colleagues joining you in seconds to know everything is going to be fine. And yes, pulling that emergency buzzer and everyone just descends on that situation that you have found yourself out of your depth in or, you know, needing help in. Absolutely. It is a good feeling because you think, OK, people are here. This is, you know, I'm OK. But it's just that word failing, like pulling the emergency alarm feels like failing Mm. and I quote tweeted this because to me like actually I think pulling the emergency alarm or buzzer could be life-saving because you don't know what's happening and I feel like I feel like when I've been around in hospital wards and I've done a lot of hospital rotations I feel like when I'm around like student nurses and stuff they get told by their seniors like if you're ever in doubt just pull the buzzer Mm. and I've witnessed that be taught to people and I just think yeah that's great because I would much rather the buzzer go yeah and then people come and then like you I think we mentioned in our chat earlier on it is when you realize it's okay you just say oh thank goodness god yeah you you breathe and you literally like just get on with your day and you leave the area and you go on but when it's not and it's very obvious that you're needed everyone just goes into action and it's like this second nature sometimes isn't it but it's just that like I would hate for someone or any doctor or whoever who reads that to think oh like obviously I'm again being very reductionist but I worry that I'm being judged for doing it yeah am I am I a failure because I've needed help and pulled the buzzer yeah whereas in reality yeah you could pull the buzzer for things that you have done but that's not necessarily because you know that you knew you know you were purposely doing it or whatever yeah. And sometimes people are just sick and you just don't know what's happening. Yeah. But it's interesting yeah, when it's... you put it that way, actually, because you're right, because the kind of perspective then is like about is really like it's really it's kind of 
how much like influence do really we really have as like an individual to be like oh i'm failing like i'm failed this person but like what like it's a kind of this is all like a kind of collective it's all a kind of collective sport isn't it it's a very like i'm just on this bandwagon at the moment because i've obviously got issues with like self-criticism and self-berating and stuff but it's a very strong self-critical kind of word to use in that way isn't it like i am a failure Mm. essentially because i've pull that buzzer and I just don't know how helpful that is not just to other people like I've said but also to think that way yourself as well because I just think like what else does that manifest as in your practice yeah. obviously not what I'm else? not talking about yeah, yeah in, right. in general terms I mean but like what else you're not asking how... for help for no. yeah exactly and I just think like I don't know, and sometimes I wonder, is it related to ego? Because, mm. yeah, you sometimes worry about being judged by others, but is it also that you want to be thought of as, you know, better or bigger or whatever? And I just think, yeah. I don't know, I just, for me personally, I just, I've gone through this phase where I just don't care so much what other people think. And if I'm feeling like a bit out of my depth, I will just ask for all the help or, you know, if I'm in that kind of hospital situation where, unresponsive patients or whatever I've got no qualms about you know pulling that buzzer calling the twos or or anything yeah. I I don't know or maybe that comes with experience and like you say yeah. knowing your limitations and stuff but. I think when people I definitely think that when I started as an F1 I was particularly preoccupied with what everyone else thought of me and what I realize now is is that people don't like if I you know on the other side of things like uh, the other perspective is is that if like an F1 pulls a crash call because someone's like fallen over or something you know say if it was something just you know, maybe a bit them in in retrospect might be a bit out there say someone has literally just like tripped over and fallen on the floor yeah. in fact i do remember i was getting scrubbed for a STEMI and the cra- rest bell came out and i was like oh no and i like ran yeah. because i was like oh, i'm gonna lose this STEMI and i like ran to yeah. the ward and literally what happened was someone had fallen out of bed and i was like yeah okay and it, the, yeah. like it's just, there, there is a feeling of relief it's like you know yeah. what, this is not yeah because the rests are horrible yeah. they're horrible yeah and, ex- absolutely yeah. yeah so it's not actually you're made up yeah you're made up for it to not be that isn't it exactly and it's, there's these things like because like you know in hospitals i've worked at the cardiac arrest team has been renamed as the medical emergency team yeah, or hmm. when in my f1 job all those years ago I remember that the obs were on paper charts and I remember on the back of the paper chart it had a very clear breakdown and if it was like if the obs are below this number then you repeat in this amount of time and it was to it was to to the people doing the obs if the obs are between four and whatever you should inform a doctor within so many minutes if the obs are above eight muse is above eight or whatever then you should call two 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 and I and I just thought you know what that may be putting out what someone might deem as unnecessary met calls but at the same time I was like that's quite good guidance in the way yeah. that like someone's unwell obviously and you might not recognize that but and I just think those kind of things are there for that type of situation was, where you would rather be yeah. doing it too much than than not enough but do you yeah, want to hear okay. a funny story about a met call I went to once? yeah yeah so it was when I was in neurosurgery and there was a met call and I was just on on call reg and we had to go to them and there was a call to the neuro rehab center which is across the car park and i don't know why but i just remember 
sprinting across the car park with the outreach nurses because it was quite a distance mm. and my skirt just fell around my ankle at the time. <laughs> no. and I just remember like running across this car park I had tights <laughs> on thank goodness but literally it's just like trying to run and fit the giggles and then was holding a skirt up and couldn't breathe for the life of me when I got to the rehab <laughs> centre and the patient was now sitting up it had a uh, bagel with physio right. and I was literally Thank I God. was like the falling down skirt was worse like the embarrassment <laughs> of that in daylight surrounded by other people also running to this rest, oh, was, no. rest was worth the fact that there was no arrest or emergency at the end of it like that's always the outcome that you want, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think, like, yeah, I just don't think it's a. I don't think you should. Anyone should feel like a failure yeah, for, yeah, for doing something like that. I've got to say, some of the some of the best banter actually happens from when you've dealt with an arrest call or whatever, and then you're just walking because you know if you think yeah, about it, the te- yeah. people who arrive, you know, what are you doing at the time? You're probably like clerking. You're doing something really dull, and then you're like, yeah. there's a bit of excitement. You're run up there. Yeah, there's nothing, yeah. and you've got all this adrenaline, and you're just like, and I yeah. remember like you know when you're walking back. And then yeah, you just get a chance to watch. Yeah, it's like it? yeah. right. Like it's a bit of a break in a way. So people really yeah. shouldn't feel bad it's... about it. Like it happens. Nothing. You don't get yeah. like a number of strikes. You don't get like a number of times. No, and I, no, definitely not. It's not like you're not allowed to ever pull it or call the twos ever again. Yeah, just do it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So should we go on to because we're you know making good time. Yeah. Should we do the Your Adults Now one? I feel like that's kind of... Uh, yeah, that life. was... I think that struck a nerve with both of us, really, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. So uh, yeah, go for it. It was a tweet from Ish. I like the, the, the their kind of tweeting style. So, yeah, I do as well, yeah. <laughs> Hi, babes. I want to remind you all that an FY1 is at least 23 years old or older and not a child, kiss, kiss. Please stop with saying they're adults now and that you're setting them homework. When you don't yeah. have any rapport or friendship with them, kiss, kiss. The same goes for other fields. <laughs> and I think because there's so much, obviously, infantilization in medicine, right? And one of the things, yeah. isn't it, that you've, I'm sure you've had, uh, like, inductions where they're like, now you're an adult, or what do you want to do when you grow up? You know, when they ask Yeah, or, what, or you're a baby doctor. Baby it's doctor, like, no, yeah. I am just a doctor. Yeah. And this, this whole baby thing, and I'm just like, no, because... Mm. I, I just remember, I feel like I remember it. So obviously you left sixth form, you've done your A-levels, you go to medical school and they're like, oh, you're an adult now. This is independent learning. And you start F1 and then people tell you, it's an adult now. You have to take charge of your portfolio and your own, le- your own learning. And then you start specialty training and you're an ST1 or IMT1 or whatever. And they're like, oh, you're an adult now. You're yeah. in charge of your own learning. And you're just like, I've been an oh, adult God. for actually quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just... I just don't. It's so condescending. It, it, yeah, exactly that. It doesn't need to be, does it? I saw one of the responses, ugh, which was like, go on, oh, go just, on, get, go on, just get on with the job and stop worrying so much about trivia. And I'm like, this works both ways. Like, you can. Yeah. Uh, like, how people respond to like feedback and how, like, yeah, you know, you're just placing like how you want to talk to people and you think it's kind of being like cool or whatever. Yeah. Placing that. That's it. Yeah. You probably think you're it's very like David Brent, Michael Scott office vibes, isn't it? Like you think it's like you're reading the room completely wrong. But then I think like, do you know what? Yeah, I am an adult now, but I am also shit at doing, you know, speech marks, quotation marks, homework or my portfolio. But that's just because of my lack of executive function and nothing to do with my age. Like it's not, it's nothing to do with being an adult. It's it's just this whole patronising, like... And I think I've seen... I think I've seen people like Safina, one of the anaesthetic regs, kind of comment on 
things like this in the past about you know actually like I've got a family I've had a previous career of you know I've got mortgage I've got other responsibilities and that but that's how they treat you is using that infantilizing like type of language yeah absolutely uh, like sorry I felt so angry I like motivated to reply anyway <laughs> Just now, <laughs> let me just do that now yeah, yeah, yeah. my rage i couldn't i couldn't keep it in i was like how we communicate is a core tenant of a, of a doctor yeah it's not trivial at all Good. so there, thanks there was a, a tweet from bella which i think is kind of a kind of a, quite an, a kind of hard one to talk about i guess because it is you know yeah. what it's about our insecurities right so bella said quite vulnerable doc- isn't it yeah yeah, as a doctor, what's one of the things that worries you constantly? For me, it's forgetting to take the tourniquet off after taking bloods. And I sometimes think these are the things that sometimes, well, you, you might not have been worried about them before or whatever, but sometimes, like, whatever it is, sometimes you make that mistake once, and yeah. then it just triggers your brain into, like, never doing it ever again. Again, yeah, totally. But, yeah, Do you... I don't think I've, that's something I've ever thought about the tourniquet, I probably should. <laughs> all these people oh, out there like who is she but yeah I don't think I, I don't have any now and I think I'm quite glad of that and again I don't mean that to sound like big headed because I feel comfortable in the sphere that I do know and I yeah. know that I'm good at the stuff that I that I do know and can do and then also very much recognize my limitations elsewhere hmm. but I don't know I used to be one of those people like especially F1 F2 very early days of neurosurgery like for me it was about forgetting to I haven't done a particular job on my job list that I forgot hmm. to tick off so whether it was like prescribing someone's warfarin or checking their INR knowing on the whole that if I had forgotten to do that then normally the nurses would kind of contact the on-call team and it's not like the worst thing in the world you know not to check yet you know checking the INR before giving warfarin or whatever but it it, it got to the point where I'd be giving like the nursing staff on the ward like my mobile number or and say oh ring me on Saturday with the INR results instead of like the on-call doctor or I would ring the ward and ask I was like one F2 do you know what I mean I don't know what that was about but I don't know whether it's like whether this has happened after after just burnout or whatever, or whether it's some sort of like boundaries. I don't know, but I just that doesn't. I I just that for me that kind of worry is just completely. That's good, isn't it? Gone. I, yeah, it, I'm I'm so glad of that because I literally could not cope if I still had that now. Yeah. But and I think and I don't th- I, I don't think it's good how it came about. Like I do think an element of burnout happened, and I, and that's one of the mm. things, isn't it? When you realise that you may be are not aligned or care a bit less about certain things sure. but I feel like I do very much care now but it's I very much know what is not in my personal life that's a whole different situation but with regards to work I feel like I have struck that balance of knowing what I need to worry about yeah and knowing what I don't and knowing and having faith in my own abilities for what I can do yeah. and knowing when to reach for help and ask for help so mm. I just think it's good to know that I guess what kind of worries and preoccupies us early on hmm. yeah it's, it's potentially going to get better it's not going to be like that all the time yeah I think that kind of that attitude to not wanting to like deal with medical problems when you've gone home when your shift has ended isn't going to be a sign of burnout I mean whether that that's a kind of something that you've kind of learned or acquired 
as a kind yeah. of uh, mechanism as a result of like you know yeah I don't this. yeah I think I think in the in in the form I don't think it is a sign of burnout but I think just just speaking from my personal experience yeah, I think enough. the reason where I think when I initially felt like it came about potentially was because because of burnout in the way that I was just like completely detached from everything yeah but then in recovering from that it's like actually I realized I don't need to worry about certain things and it is a much healthier like way to do things and I think that our own time is just so precious yeah like I read this quote yesterday that said there is no work-life balance it's just life like that's that's the only balance that you need to strike and it's and I think it's just that for me like and I, I know I bang on about this a lot I it's that whole identity thing. Like I don't, I don't see my identity as a doctor. doctor. I just see that I work as a doctor. Like it's just my job. And I know we've had like flack and stuff for that before, but it is for me, like that's, it's, Mm. you know, my life is, is as, or if not more important outside of work. And it's just having that kind of thing, isn't it? That boundary and stuff. That's really good. I think for me, like reflecting on it, one of the things that I'd kind of worry about was someone would read my entry and be like, how did he, how did he come to that complete? That's obviously yeah. like really stupid. And so like I used to be like really obsessed with like trying to write down my thinking of stuff. Yeah. And I'd write I totally get that. so much. Yeah. I'd write so much. My like clerking yeah. used to be so long. And it'd be like a whole and it'd just be like really yeah. counterproductive because I was spending quite a long time like writing really like ornate yeah. entries. And now yeah. I still consider myself to be like a thorough person. I do a lot more arrows now and bullet points and whatever. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely something uh, as time's gone on where I've realised that there are going to be people who dislike you and there are going to be people who disagree with you. But I think oh, perhaps yeah. as getting older, as you say, like you've got, you can't, you, those kind of people are going to be very difficult to like change anyway, just re- yeah, regardless of like yeah. what, what you do. So you might as well yeah. just try and do your best and then be happy with that. Oh, totally. And I think what you're saying about like the very detailed notes and stuff just struck a chord because I think in GP specifically, that's something that I've really had to try and because I'm I'm a I love words and I waffle and I write a lot, but in GP that's obviously not the time for it and stuff mm. when you're in your consultation. Oh, yeah. But sure. in in this current job now though, like I'm, I've just started a community site placement and my consultant has said to me like I've got my own patients, and he said in your impression. I want to see like what you're thinking, so write everything down. And I feel like I'm in my element again. I'm like, oh my god, okay. I can write everything. Oh, just you wait. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Let me show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. nice, nice. So that that was quite. That's good. Thought, oh, that's quite good actually. Yeah. yeah. But then he'll probably regret that day that he said that. He'd be like, no, just give me a differential. Please yeah, give me one a one line. Yeah. <laughs> no. like, so I went to this person's home. <laughs> that but, sounds yeah, good. It is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So should we kind of finish up on the or the most kind of well the topical one literally from today from today uh, yeah from today. So Dr. Strike today so we're we're kind of recording on the Friday yeah, evening. Yeah, Thursday of strike. Yeah. Yep. And I think a lot of us noticed like an interview on Sky News from I guess mm. there's, there's like no point trying to like hide his name because I think one of the things he, Well, it's out there. Very it's out much there. So, it's it? Andrew Mason, right? And um, mm. he's he, I've seen him do like interviews and stuff before the the last strikes, and he seems to be quite comfortable doing these interviews. Mm. And yeah. I have to say, whilst a lot of people are like, I think quite impressed with his with how the interview w- went, 
It's a bit cringe. It's just a bit. I find it a bit cringe. I think. I think the, pe- the yeah. thing that people have like pointed out is the fact that he's kind of doing an interview in scrubs. He's got a stethoscope on and his lanyard. It seems yeah, a bit weird if you're like, on it. Yeah. Yeah, like the scrubs thing. Like I get. Well, actually, no, I don't get the scrubs thing because when you see the rest of our BMA representatives on yeah. media, yeah. they are dressed like normal people. normal people, and I just they just had a, an element of like. It just felt a bit fancy dressy and I hate myself for saying that, but yeah. it just, I just can't imagine, unless you were on location and the news crew had come yeah. to your work where you're literally in the middle of a shift, the fact that you would kind of get dressed up, even put the stethoscope around your neck and your lanyard to go to a new studio to do an interview that I'd probably argue that maybe someone else would be better placed actually from the union to do such interviews in this mm. kind of crucial time of industrial action. It just cringe, I think is, is quite a good word for like, I felt something in my belly that I was yeah. like, Oh, oh no, please, no, please, please. please no. <laughs> yeah. Just glad it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. You pointed out that Zach, as always, I know that some people have oh, called him a like Twitter's class clown, but he is, yeah, the voice of reason. Yeah. There's one, his tweet that says, a few notable examples aside, <laughs> discipline about not freelancing yeah, on a national TV isn't, if you're not an official BMA rep, has been much better than 2016 and definitely much better than I was expecting. So credit where it's due. I think yeah. for those of you out there who are kind of thinking about doing media interviews, it's scary. Like these guys are looking for sand bites and things to catch people out. Totally. And if we've got solidarity, I think also means kind of letting the BMA do their job and put pointing them in the direction of, you know, the excellent spokespeople that we've got so far. Like yeah, they've got their comms sorted out this time around. Like, we it's, just, we have to put faith in that. Yeah. yeah. Just have to kind of sing from the same hymn sheet. So... Yeah. And if you do end it, if you do find yourself doing some sort of media interview, just wear your own clothes. Yeah, Jesus. I think that's yeah. my other, my other take home. Yeah. Too. Like, wear a cool even an, orange, even an orange bucket hat would be better than... Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. If you have to, just wear the bucket hat, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or do it just as Batman. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, even better. Even yeah. better. Yeah. Cool. So I think we've kind of come up to time. So thank you so much for agreeing to like do this with me, Bethan. It's like oh a, no, thank you for fun. asking. And yeah. so I, I hope the people out there have like enjoyed. And yeah, so this will be like a regular arrangement. We're still trying to like figure out exactly how regular and stuff, but we're hoping that this is going to be the way going forward. Imran yeah. will obviously like still want to do stuff, I think, but he's like busy on his like plans for like world domination and stuff. So just you know, yeah, he's following just... the money, man. He will yeah. grace us. Yeah, exactly. And we will his... all be yeah. Yeah, we'll all be very grateful when he goes. But yeah, when he makes it rich, I... he doesn't forget us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the sorry people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so take care, everyone. And yeah, speak to you soon. Cool. Stay strong, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.